All right, welcome back to Inside Flicks. This is our weekly discussion portion of the uh, of this podcast. This is kind of a movie uh, discussion podcast where we talk about everything in movies. We also like to talk about stuff in television as well. But uh, I should say, I'm your host, Mike. And like always, I'm here with Richard and Raymond. And we are three kind of, uh, I, and I'm still going to pitch this, we are the movie brothers. I love that. We're the movie brothers. Yeah. I thought you said it was the super movie brothers. <laughs> okay. Super movie brothers. No. We wear capes. No, no. We, we love to talk about movies. This is the thing we do on our- Talking about movies is our superpower. Ooh, there you go. Because we're going to be talking about uh, Flaming Hot a little bit later. But uh, Raymond, uh, let's, let's, let's start with you because- Well, actually, let me start with this. Let me start with this because this is a big a deal that's going around. And and I think you'll have a take on it because this, this really talks about- the importance of buying physical media. So there's a mm. uh, there's a big news that this past week about French Connection being censored uh, about uh, a particular scene that had the uh, N word in it. And so Disney, who owns a Fox now, this uh, French Connection was a 20th Century Fox. Disney owns the fo- uh, owns Fox, so it owns French Connection, and they have been putting out this new version without the N word. It's just was one scene that they took out, they cut it, and it's now only available on streaming or this this version is available on streaming and most kind of shockingly this version is available on the criterion collection streaming channel so oh wow mm-hmm. that's unbelievable yes that's shocking so criteria and criterion wow, has said that that that's disgraceful <laughs> criterion has said that this is the version that's only available for us so it's not it's not it wasn't them who edited this was the copy that disney gave them so, and it's kind of a, a pretty, you know, uh, bad cut. It's literally like someone like took scissors to the, to a, a, a certain scene where uh, Gene Hackman is playing uh, Popeye Doyle, the detective. He's a racist cop and he utters the N-word in one scene. And it's basically just cut out really quick. It's kind of does a jump cut and it looks kind of weird. I think he says it twice in the scene, but it, does, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's still the... It's like a, little, it's like a weird like, jump cut, jump yeah. cut. It's like doesn't even the whole dialogue is is cut, mm-hmm. the the whole conversation is cut, mm-hmm. and a lot of people has been talking about it. This has made the rounds, and 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 a lot of people have brought up the the fact that you know maybe this is a a new reason to buy physical media. And let me get your thoughts, Raymond, because you are one of the biggest physical media supporters out there. So what's your what's your thoughts on this? Uh, yeah, I've been saying this for a while, actually, and um, I, I, I'm happy that I, I own my copy of French Connection. I know not to get rid of it now. Um, I know that more than likely, if they do a 4K release, it's going to probably be the shitty edited version. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'll hold on to my Blu-ray. But um, yeah, I mean, this is this is horrible. I, I hate every time I hear about this, and sometimes I get suckered into it. Sometimes I... I, I, I buy like a 4K Blu-ray or something and I'm the type of person I don't really like owning multiple copies of the same movie. So if I get a movie on 4K, usually I'll end up selling the, the regular Blu-ray. And then I hate like when I see the news like a week later, two weeks later, like, oh, it turns out that, you know, Disney, usually it's usually Disney, uh, you know, edited, you know, the, the 4K release because, you know, uh, they need to be super PC or whatever. And mm-hmm. it just... It's it's irritating as hell. It's annoying. Uh, I care about you know preserving the movie. It, you know the way it was released. Uh, I know uh, this must be a big thing for Richard when it comes specifically to the Star Wars movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, 
but yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a disgrace. Well, the Star Wars movies are a little bit different because that's G- George Lucas, the that's director. That's just George Lucas being a douche. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's the one who's doing the censoring. Uh, this is a little bit different because it's actually the studios or you know someone higher ups making the you know yeah. the you know making that choice for for everyone. I j- they they have the reports have said that 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 there is an unedited version that's going around internationally, so it's available internationally. It's just here domestically in the states that we are getting that edit version. And really, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, because I think the movie has other bad words in the movie, so it doesn't necessarily make sense that you just censor one N-word where literally the cop is a racist cop, so it makes you know it makes sense that this is part of him, a character. And it's not really necessarily an endorsement of that word. It's just, you know, endorsement of what the the truth of this character is. So, yeah, I don't know. And it's so weird. And what- what streaming services is uh, the French Connection streaming now? Now it's available on the Criterion Collection, but um, I don't know if it's available anywhere else. Maybe on maybe it's available on Disney Plus. Like, I, I, maybe not. I don't, I don't yeah, know. No, it would be on Hulu if it was. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I, I bet you it was edited because maybe they're thinking of like putting some of the Fox movies in their Disney Plus streaming sites or something. And, you know, Disney has this kind of. Uh, family-friendly brand about them so i don't know i mean it's just again i don't i don't i don't understand it it's just it's just a it leaves a bad taste in your mouth really because what else is going to be edited and i, I you know to be fair to a lot of people a lot of people have said that this is kind of like <laughs> i've heard a couple, a couple people are going well, this is government, you know, takeover censorship of the government and like uh, this is not necessarily government censorship this is actually just a corporation censorship, and so this is what you have to deal with when you're dealing with corporations and how they kind of control art. You know, this is a problem with the industry, and as a whole, you know, these yeah, corporations uh, are controlling the, uh, the art. So let me ask you something: if, if a studio like like, like and I, I know this is probably unlikely, but if a studio like Vinegar Syndrome did like a a license with uh, Disney for one of these Fox movies, mm-hmm. and let's say what that Fox movie happened to be French Connection, like would or, like would it would Disney give them an edited version, or can they like they're like no, we want to release you know the real one. I don't know. I mean that that would be an interesting talk or discussion between the, the distributor and Disney, and maybe this is kind of a, a, you know a corporate policy, and so they just kind of. Are not really thinking it through. I, I really don't know. I really don't know why. I mean, a lot of people have pointed out where is William Freakin in all this? Why hasn't he said anything? And he hasn't said anything. And so, you know, oh, he's still alive. <laughs> he's he's still alive. But uh, yeah, I, I wonder if this is this has to be against like some of the the, the you know the 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 guild. You know, the mm-hmm. directors guild or the writers guild. This has to be like a, a against. I mean, you can't just edit movies on on the dime i mean it, I, think, I think it might actually be them doing it because like you said it, it's only for the, the u.s market yeah so i think it might be um them getting ready to put it on hulu um and they're they're um since disney doesn't like putting you know anything negative mm-hmm. um that uh they're they're just they just decided to edit it out on hulu well i'm glad that i'm glad that people are br- I, I know it i know it was on uh HBO Max before, mm-hmm. um, I I remember seeing it, you know, on HBO Max, you know, uh, Last Chance. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So I wonder, I wonder, I'm, and also I'm glad that people are bringing this attention uh, to the story because who would have known? You know, and I'm who, pissed off because now it's it's uh, the Blu-rays uh, over <laughs> over 150 bucks on eBay and all. Oh, is that a lot? People are <laughs> making a lot of money out of it. Uh, yeah. So uh, look, that's a that's the story that's coming coming around. You know, doing its rounds for the last couple last week or so. Look, we're not uh, we're not for censorship. So uh, please, anyone who has these rights, please don't cut these movies, even though. But, but it's nothing new. It's nothing new uh, to Disney because they did this similar stuff to um, like Splash and uh, that's right. That's Toy Story Two. Toy, yeah, Toy Story Two and uh, and some of their other uh, animated movies. Plus, uh, not only from Disney, uh, um, TV. Uh, a lot of TV show episodes are being pulled. You know, like episodes that featured blackface and all that. Sure, and yeah, also yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. What was it? The, 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 oh, Steven Spielberg even edited ET for uh, at mm-hmm. uh, for a small time. But, and, again, that's different because that's actually the director, and he, and that's a creative choice. And he had said that he made the uh, wrong decision. He goes, uh, "Yeah, that was he, just uh, just recently." He just said, "Like all oh, the, I made a huge mistake. I, I shouldn't have yeah. done that." And I think he's right, and I think people should. That was realize. that was spending too much time with George Lucas. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> It's an interesting conversation. I'm glad people bringing it up. I'm glad people are talking against it because who wants to see edited movies? You know, or I th- there was I remember when after 9/11, there was a Christian um, distributor who wanted to mm. because after 9/11, uh, there's a big it was a big uprise of of Christianity or religious. You know, people were going because of the trauma of of 9/11. People uh, got into religion. Mm-hmm. And they saw an opportunity there, and so they wanted. There was a, a the independent distributor, like a blockbuster, who wanted to edit Hollywood movies, and and that's what he did. They kind of did did, did it on their own. They bought DVDs and made edited cuts. They cut it, you know, they cut the violence. They cut the and we're talking about like, you know, R-rated movies that they try to cut it into. Um, PG, PG thirteen, you and maybe just PG, mm-hmm. and they. I remember they made a big deal, and I remember Steven Soderbergh was like, "I hate this. This is yeah. disgusting." First of all, you're cutting my movie without my consent, and you're doing a horrible job at it too. This you're not cutting it uh, through a creative lens. If you absolutely need a, a edited version, at least pay me, and I would at least tr- give you know try to do it because they were kind of the argument was like, well, you know, TV had edited versions, you know, or Airplane had edited versions of these movies, and so he was saying, you know, Steven Soderbergh was saying, well, if that's going to be the case, then at least have the the filmmaker in the room in the discussions and in the in, in the editing room. To have these creative uh, discussions about what should what should be edited and do it in a way that it feels at least creatively right, and I, I think, think he's absolutely right. I mean, I think yeah. Disney, if Disney is going to edit some movies, have the filmmakers involved with the editing editing process. I think back um, back in the day that I, I actually saw Gone with the Wind in in elementary school at first. <laughs> so. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, um, and that's, you know, being criticized, uh, you know, one of the first films to to be criticized, you know, so. I mean, to, to be fair, I, uh, if that was uh, HBO Max, uh, like the la- early launch of HBO Max, right? Yeah, yeah. And they did, they eventually 
did release it and they, but they had a warning. And so mm-hmm. I, you know, that's at least a, you know, a compromise, right? I, I, I get it. Uh, but to like totally take these movies out of like the vault or, or move to move these movies into a vault and never be seen again. I think that's a terrible, terrible idea. Yeah. yeah we want, um, we want that Disney movie, um, uh, songs song of the South. I mean, I'm 4k. <laughs> I think there are some movies that are very, you know, like, like I, there's some movies are absolutely cringe worthy and insulting, but they're also yeah, meteor man, <laughs> but there are Brown movies, are, but th- these are movies also reflected of the times too. Yeah. Meteor man. I mean, I, look, look, I remember when, uh, 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 Rob zombie had that a monster movie came out like yeah, last yeah. year so i went to watch we a couple <laughs> i went to watch a couple old school uh episodes of of monsters yeah they hold up they hold up yeah and there was one episode where uh it was the when when herman went out for the dodgers and they used the word wetback to oh, describe yeah. uh herman munster and they the, the, the joke and that was the joke because the joke was wow you know, because he he's he's on the. He, it was actually said by the the real Dodgers coach, <laughs> and he. It, I I think it was the. I forgot the guy's name, but um, he was the real coach, and he goes, yeah, you know, he he goes, I I forgot what the 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 correct line was, but it was like, yeah, he has a great arm and he could hit a ball, but he certainly looks like a wetback or something like that. Mm. That was the joke, and I'm going. Is that, did that mean something back then or, or is that really a, what he meant to say? And that's what it, he meant to say. He's, that's what he was meant that, to say. Because in, in that, in that whole episode, they make a reference that like all good baseball players are Latino, right? Well, the, you got to remember, well, you got to remember well, the Dodgers this, had a big, big problem with uh, the Hispanic community at the time because the Dodgers cen- stadium. Censorship, censorship is nothing new. Let me ask you this. Well, 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 Rain- me, okay. okay, okay, right, okay. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying. The Dodgers at the time had a, a problem with the Hispanic community at the time because the stadium was built in a predominantly Hispanic community and they pushed them out. So, and there was like, so I think there was, I think that was the tension. I don't even know if maybe, uh, it, but like I was saying, I, I it just, was, but, the, but they make other references to, to Hispanic people in that episode. Yeah. yeah. What, 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 were, what were they again? Do you remember any other ones? Be, maybe Beaners, maybe, I don't know, West, what? I know. I definitely heard wet back, and that really took me back. I'm, oh shit! Mm. No, but pretty... they mentioned that there that there were other like uh, other other uh, uh, other Hispanic people on the team. I don't know. Maybe maybe that was another episode. Maybe because he did he did play baseball for a couple <laughs> a couple episodes. But uh, um, let me just say about the monsters. Even though I was shocked by the wet back commentary, I at least understood this was the time. That this, you know, this is a reflection of that time, right? At the time, you know, of, of of when that movie, the when that show is made. I didn't, I didn't want it to be edited or censored. I understood what what was going on, and it doesn't take away, you know, my love for the original Munster movies. So mm-hmm. I just, I just, you know, peep. I think if you give the choice to the people, the people are smart enough to understand about how times are changed and and how times are different now. There's a lot of lost episodes of Bugs Bunny, which were great. <laughs> <laughs> great because it's, 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 they were funny. Uh-huh. But not because, funny. not because they were insensitive. It might've been, but I didn't <laughs> notice at the time I was just a kid. 
I mean, I think I think blackface and cartoons are pretty bad. I don't, I don't know if we need to bring it back. <laughs> or, or, well, but what about blackface on comedy series to make a point? That, that's different because yeah. context yeah. matters, right? Context always yeah. matters. And I think sometimes people don't put context when they talk about this stuff. And so, and also I think people always may assume that people are stupid when they make these edits or, you know, they try to censor some of this stuff. And I think people are actually more smarter than that. Um, anyway, it's an interesting conversation. It's an interesting case. And we'll, you know, we'll keep an eye on if any other movies from Disney uh, has been edited. But so far it's just, this was the, you know, the one that came around. And it was, you know, surprisingly, it was French Connection, which is kind of a random movie, an Oscar-winning movie and, and, you know, a popular movie and, uh, you know, one of Gene Hackman's finest performances, but just random, yeah, and just we, random. And we all, we all want, um, at least, at the very least, like an, an edited version of Song of the South on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it happens, it happens, but I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I, look, I like, uh, that song was very, <laughs> very popular. I, I'll give you that, you know. Um, let's talk about now trans, you know, let's, here's a, here's a segue. Let's get into Transformers, the rise of the beast. Uh, so this is a new movie that came out just recently in box office. It did pretty well. It was number one this weekend and Raymond got the chance to see it. So tell us about it, Ray. Um, you know, it's another Transformers movie. Uh, so it has all the flaws, uh, that, you know, come with a Transformers movie. Um, but if you, if you're someone that, you know, has grown up with the franchise, if you, and when I mean grown, grown up with a franchise, I mean like grown up with like the Michael Bay movies and stuff. Mm. And if you enjoyed those, then I think you're really going to love this one. Cause this is probably the best Transformers movie that we've gotten. I like Bumblebee a little bit more, mm. but I wouldn't necessarily call Bumblebee a Transformers movie. You know what I mean? Cause. Maybe the beginning of the movie was like a Transformers film, but the rest of it is kind of doing like this kind of Iron Giant kind of E.T. type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. very, it's very, very different. This is a total Transformers movie with, you know, the type of MacGuffin that you would expect in a Transformers movie and the type of villain that you would expect from a Transformers movie. And uh, all the cameos and fan service you can imagine in a Transformers movie. And, um, you know... Uh, I, again, you know, I'm not a big Transformers fan, so while a lot of the movie didn't necessarily, you know, click for me, you know, all the plot elements and stuff like that, uh, I did think the movie was, you know, pretty entertaining, uh, mostly for uh, the 1990s setting. I think the movie was set in 1994, mm. and they kind of use that mostly as an excuse to play, uh, you know, a lot of great 90s hip-hop throughout the movie. There's yeah. a lot of Wu-Tang Clan throughout the film, and uh, it works for me. It worked for me, and... Um, I really like the Anthony Ramos as as the lead of the movie. I think he's much better than uh, Shia LaBeouf was, and he's much better than uh, Mark Wahlberg. So I guess he's like the best lead we've had. And um, it, to me, it felt like with this Transformers movie, they're like they're really trying to get the Fast and the Furious audience. This kind of feels like a a Fast and the Furious movie in many ways, but you know with Transformers, and uh, they. Um, yeah, there, there's a big like kind of international feel to it. I think the the fact that you know a lot of it takes place in Peru and uh, the, like the big third act a action climaxes in Machu Picchu and um, uh, it it all worked really well. I mean the action in this movie is terrific. Uh, the, 
it's not this is definitely not one of my favorite movies of the year um just when it comes to summer blockbusters and stuff you know i really loved guardians of the galaxy volume 3 and i enjoyed the hell out of the flash but this movie had way better action than both of those mm-hmm. and um while the movie isn't you know great I think that does speak for something. I think this is very much the type of movie that a lot of people want this summer. I don't know if people are going to necessarily give it a chance because the Transformers franchise has been such a such a mess. And I think a lot of people are kind of burnt out on these movies. But um, I think the people that do go out and see, the people that do go and seek it out will have a good time. Uh, my audience loved it. There was a lot of people in the theater that said that this was the first time watching a Transformers film. Oh wow! And yeah, everyone went wild. Um, it, it seemed to you know really have clicked with everyone in my theater. And uh, I heard like a bunch of like you know specifically like children in the theater like saying you know they're like they were comparing this to Spider Man because I guess they just watched Spider Man the week before and they were like that they, they like this more and they want to see this again. So, um, I think, yeah, Transformers is going to have good word of mouth. Um, I think it's going to stick around for a bit, um, but I don't know if it's going to necessarily be a billion-dollar movie like those early Michael Bay films. But I am curious, though, how the movie's going to work for someone like you, Mike, someone that has not liked the Michael Bay movies and did not like Bumblebee, but, you know, this definitely, um, you know, it has that 90s feel to it. Yeah. Uh, and, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious how you'll react to it. Also your favorite comedian, Pete Davidson is in it. <laughs> I really love the opening sequence, uh, on Bumblebee. Cause that, that was basically the, the, the best scene in the movie. Yeah. The best scene in the movie also was kind of a direct inspiration of the Transformers, the movie. And so I really, really loved that. The rest of the movie was kind of just okay. Um, you know, I was not really interested in Rise of the Beast. I'm I'm not that familiar with the the Beast Wars, you know, s- you know series uh, that was in the '90s. I'm more of the '80s cartoon guy, and um, but when I heard some critics have said that this, you know, like you were saying, it has not, you know, it's set in the '90s. It has hip hop. It was m- much more kind of like a Transformers version of something like juice and and you know boys in the hood or menace you know society or you know like some some of those great black cinema 90s movies yeah that's another thing about this movie because like there's there's this whole kind of like uh like there's this kind of like because because you know and when we're introduced to anthony rama's like character he's like stealing the car you know what i mean and there's like this whole kind of there's this like cop chase and stuff and um there's this kind of like whole like um fuck this police vibe to the movie <laughs> and they're playing hip-hop throughout it there's a lot of wu-tang in, and it's just like you know that that actually kind of, that worked for me i mean that's what i also kind of meant like this movie it feels like they're going for the fast and the furious audience because the fast and the furious audience they used to steal cars and all that you yeah, know what i mean they yeah, used to yeah. steal they used to break into these like trucks and, and steal shit out of it and this this feels like it's going back to that yeah so when i heard about the, these elements in the movie that piqued my interest i'm like oh maybe i should which i would want to check this out i don't know if i'm going to the movie theaters to check it out i'll probably just wait until it hits vod but at least i'm 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 interested in it if i didn't hear those positive words uh i probably would not want to check it out i'm not a big fan of (laughs) pete davison i know he's like throughout the whole movie you know he's pretty much the main transformer um Mm -hmm. I do like kind of like they 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 kind of cast Ron Perlman and the 
I guess I guess Peter Dinklage is a voice and and uh, Michelle Yao. Yeah, that that none of that's fun. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but I'm not a Transformers guy, so I don't know. Maybe 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 you'll be like, oh, yeah, this is like the the cartoon, but with famous actors. <laughs> I mean, look, the the worst case scenario was that this was going to be a totally horrible movie with kind of decent action. You're saying that it's actually better when it's you know the when the when it's just kind of Anthony Ramos, you know, you know, like that's some of the best parts. Yeah, I mean, he's great. I mean, he has a, a kind of great chemistry with the the, the Mirage character voiced by Pete Davidson, mm-hmm. and um, they work well. I mean, Haley Steinfeld, I thought, you know, worked really well with uh, Bumblebee, and they did the kind of silent. He he was silent throughout the whole movie. I thought that worked well. They did. They were able to do some kind of good comedic set pieces with that. But um, that wasn't really a Transformers movie. You know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. it really felt more like a ET kind of Iron Giant type of thing. And for me. That that was totally okay because I'm I don't think I like Transformers to be honest, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I I like Bumblebee more than this movie. But I think I think maybe this will appeal more to you. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, you also saw uh the Flash. You got you got a chance to see the Flash. Just really quick, what's your what's your thoughts on the Flash? And it's going to be well, most likely going to be a number one hit. I would say. Well. Well, I know I talked about uh, across the Spider Verse before, but I it's for for me it's much easier to talk about the Flash if I could talk about both of these movies at the same time. Okay, because I think both movies were uh, very highly anticipated for me, and while I think both movies are are pretty good, I think both movies I, and also both movies for me are kind of disappointing, and um, and yeah, I guess so. Like let let me let me let me get into it, but like the Flash, it's um. It's a fun movie, and it's it's not necessarily like what I was expecting it to be, because I was expecting something kind of more. I guess I was expecting something a bit more epic, because they're adapting the Flashpoint storyline, and you get them. You're dealing with the multiverse, and you got, uh, you know, Michael Keaton returning as Batman, and I was surprised that the movie to me kind of like if I had to compare it to another superhero movie, I'd probably compare it more to like Thor Ragnarok. Because it's basically a comedy, mm. and it's almost it's almost more like a teen comedy because you know, got you got Barry Allen there. But the thing is, the movie works. You know, it's it's cons- it's consistently funny. It's probably the most I've laughed at a comic book movie since like, yeah, I'm guessing probably since like Thor Ragnarok. I, I'm guessing like, has there been something funnier since Thor Ragnarok? Uh. No, uh, definitely not Love and Thunder. <laughs> yeah, uh. um, yeah. I mean, like comedically, I, it's more comparable to like um, to like uh, Thor, uh, Thor Ragnarok, or like Deadpool, or something like that. Okay. So, like, it it's consistently funny. It's en- it's entertaining. Uh, when when it when the movie you know needs to get emotional and you know be serious, it works. It's very effective. The story works, you know. Michael Keaton works; he's great in the movie. But there's still like, um, there's still something about the movie that just left me kind of underwhelmed. And I think it's because I heard that there was going to be so many surprises and so many kind of cameos and so many things, and that um, you know, also knowing what the original comic book storyline is. The movie's pretty straightforward, and I, I I was kind of surprised that, you know, when it came to cameos, 
that it was mostly just like in the very like last 10 minutes of the movie mm-hmm. so i don't know so like the movie's really fun it's really entertaining but i think i was expecting something much that had a much bigger scope and i think you were saying something about you know when we were talking about off off the off the mic you were saying something about how you were just kind of tired of the multiverse type of movies or the concept of multiverse yeah and i have that and i have that issue unfortunately with the flash movie and i have it with across the spider-verse uh-huh. but the thing is like both these movies you know they explain the multiverse and the flash does it in a very quick scene i won't spoil it but it's just a very quick like uh a very quick like two minute scene with with michael keen and it's like okay that's the multiverse and you just go with it uh-huh. but like when you think about it it's just like none none of it makes sense you know none it's just you can't make the multiverse no matter what type of you know made up uh jargon you come up with it just doesn't make sense you know it's not it's not believable and i can't buy into it no matter what they do i just can't really buy into the concept i never have been able to i mean the the movie that did it the best i guess is everything everywhere all at once and even that movie it's like if you really think about it it still doesn't make sense but they get away with it better than most movies yeah 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 but um the i i mean flash tries tries to you know just do it as quick as possible you know it's a quick two minute scene they're like okay let's move on from that and then spider-man you know they they do it they have a much longer much better written explanation of it but it also has that same problem like where you kind of think about it afterwards it's like this 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 is this is bullshit. You know what I mean? And uh, I, yeah, I mean, and unfortunately, you know, both both movies have that issue for me. But you know, that's just the multiverse, man. I mean, I I don't understand why why other people aren't necessarily having the same problems with the multiverse that I'm having. Mm-hmm. But I yeah, know. I mean, it's it's you know when we, we when we talk about the multiverse, it is a convoluted idea or concept that, and then ultimately doesn't necessarily change or it doesn't give it, you know, it doesn't necessarily give give the story any stakes because you could just switch to a different multiverse and it kind of start it just starts over again, you know. So it, I don't know. It's it's a I I relish the time where we're done with the multiverse stuff <laughs> in all these movies. And so, uh, uh, but it seems like you did enjoy both of these movies and you recommend both of these movies. I do. I do. But I also wish they were both better. (laughs) (laughs) What's your, like, so, so uh, would you say the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is your best movie of the summer so far? Yeah, it's my favorite comic book movie of the year. It's my favorite blockbuster movie of the year. It might not have the best action I've seen all year that somehow that goes to Transformers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and um it, it might not have my you know favorite fan service moments i would you know go to the flash but but guardians i think was just the most kind of satisfying movie kind yeah. of comic book movie action movie i've seen all year and it really i mean fuck i mean flash this that damn james gunn and he does such a good job <laughs> with guardians and then he comes here and ruins the flash <laughs> i mean i loved i loved the flash i enjoyed the hell out of flash but the movie doesn't have an ending mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it just kind of ends and like you're it ends in a in a way where it's like man i just have more questions now than i did when the movie started yeah 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 and it's like um it's frustrating cuz like we hear about like all these rumors about like the original ending of what the movie was supposed to be and it's like the movie actually had kind of a definitive ending 
and it would have you know uh, had a, a a post-credit scene supposedly you know setting up a sequel a, a sequel to the flash that would have been like a true kind of like prices on infinite earth type of movie and you know james gunn had said but well you know we don't want to promise anything that's not gonna you know that we're not going to be able to you know give to the fans so so this is the ending they came up with and it's just like man like the, say lovey <laughs> it, it's it's an ending where it's like it's, it reminds me of the a spider-man across the spider-verse ending where it's like 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 that's it but but with spider-man it's like well, we know there's another movie coming. <laughs> With Flash, it's just like, well, all right, I guess. I got and look, they could still make a sequel to it. I guess if the if the movie is well received, if it's a huge hit, if um, if um, Ezra doesn't go to jail, <laughs> I mean, they they could still make a sequel to it, but well, it's not going to be the sequel that they were originally going to make. What's your thoughts on? Sasha Calais, who is Supergirl, what, what was your impressions of her? Because this is really kind of her first big deal. I Sasha Calais, yeah. Uh, she she is outstanding in the movie. It's just unfortunate that she really doesn't come into the film until the third act. Mm-hmm. So she's not in it a lot, but she's she's great. I mean, she's, she's total scene, scene stealer when she's on screen. And I do got to say, like, Ezra Miller gives the best performance in the movie. Oh wow! M- Michael Keaton is incredible in the film, but I I do think I think Sasha Kaye probably is like the second best performance in the movie. Like she she is terrific in it, and it's uh it's a disappointment that you know it's disappointing that you know we might not see her again play this character. Mm. But um I don't know I, we do know James Gunn does is, does have a Supergirl movie planned in his phase you know Gods and Monsters phase of DC. So I mean, fingers crossed that you know he decides to use uh, Sasha Kaye because you know she she is outstanding in the movie. Uh, Michael Shannon, he's back as General General Zod. Uh, yeah, he's back. But honestly, it could they could have just used footage from Man of Steel, and I wouldn't <laughs> have even noticed. Like it's so it's, uh, it's it, so funny because he has been out on the press. You know, he's been talking about it, and he's kind of been saying that he didn't like the experience of working in that movie because. And I'm, 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 you know, he was talking about it. And he said something I thought that was very kind of um, honorable because he said, like, I, before I, I agreed to come back, I wanted to get Zack Snyder's approval. So he called them up and said, "Hey, I'm gonna." They asked me to come back. Are you okay with this? And he said, "Yeah, go for it." You know, and because he really loved, I guess, working with Zack Snyder, and he loved that uh, his experience working with him. He and mm-hmm. but with, I guess, he was only shot a maybe a couple of days he said like maybe seven days worth of shoot where in 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 man of steel he had like months of to work on that character and here he's you know he really didn't give a great interview or great uh you know a positive uh approval of uh you know like he didn't say anything really great about working there uh in that movie he, and and he has like the same problems with us about the multiverse he, he calls it like people playing with action figures you're just moving characters around and if it doesn't feel you know it feels a little empty i guess so i don't know yeah well i mean well i mean like kind of like i was saying i don't well i don't even remember if i said this like while we were recording because we've been talking about this movie earlier but uh-huh. um to me like if, if i had to compare this to another comic book movie it's like thor ragnarok i mean it's very it's very much a comedy it's kind of like a marvel movie in a way but it's like a good Marvel movie. And it does do the multiverse like 
it does use it well. It uses it definitely makes more sense and it's a better story than Spider-Man No Way Home. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, it's still it's still got all the problems you you have with a multiverse and it's the fact that the movie's you know pretty much kind of almost like a teen comedy you know makes the movie feel like very kind of um unimportant almost you know what i mean yeah so i don't know it, it's it, it's definitely not the movie i was expecting but i think that it's an undeniable good time okay okay yeah it's still it's, it's still amazed that the best uh use of multiverse is still the original the one true original and that's uh the original star trek episode where kirk and goes <laughs> um the mirror and a small team uh, was a mirror yeah, mirror mirror verse yeah with uh <laughs> the with beard spock with the beard yeah <laughs> and that's that's the first multiverse use in uh the best uh yeah actually the best is the south park episode that harry did that <laughs> okay okay but uh, no, actually i i i would i love the probably the most generic answer to say but you know everything everywhere all at once i thought did an incredible job mm-hmm. and i and the first spider-verse movie i thought did a fantastic job this yeah. new spider-verse movie across the spider i don't think does as good of a job i think they maybe spend a little way too much time in, in the multiverse this new spider-man movie you know it, it's awesome you know it's a really good movie the first 40 minutes of the movie is terrific it retcons some stuff from the last spider-man movie but it picks up you know right where it ended you pick up Gwen Stacy. It quickly sets up, you know, what's going, what's been going on with this uh, M- Miguel O'Hara and this like kind of little multiverse team he's been assembling. We we catch up with what's been going up with Miles and his family, and then like the next hour of the movie, I feel like is all spent in the Spider Verse. And I don't know, man. For me, I was like, they just kind of spend way too much time with like doing Easter eggs and cameos and a bunch of Spider Man gags that. It almost lost focus of what the movie was, and then once it got kind of back on the storyline, it kind of picks up again and gets me, gets me back invested. But we spent way too much time in that whole Spider Verse section. Yeah, but I have a good movie, still a very good movie, but um, too much fan service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I heard a lot of things about how there are multiple inside jokes and. Easter eggs or whatever, whatever, uh, that, 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 that's what, that's what I find so interesting that there's actually a lot of critics that are, um, saying, you know, cause everyone loves Spider-Man across the spiders. Yeah. Like, yeah. Everyone's saying it's the best, one movie of the ever. best reviewed movies of all time. <laughs> yes. Yes. But, um, and it is really good, but, um, I'm blown away that, you know, there aren't people complaining about the excessive use of, you know, Easter eggs and fan service and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, there are a lot of people complaining about Flash and saying, oh, this is just too much fan service. But I felt like in Flash, like all the fan service was like, for the most part, like essential to the movie. Like, like I guess, sure, they didn't have to bring back Michael Keaton as Batman. They could have just brought like a new actor, a, a whole new actor that we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Or they could have they could have done Thomas Wayne or something like that. But I don't know. It made sense to me. And <laughs> And if you just go with it, like, um, that's the, I mean, that's kind of like the only fan service in the movie until you get to the last 10 minutes. Okay. Okay. I don't know. I, I like fan service when it kind of just kind of goes with this plot. You know what I mean? I, I don't really like that much when it kind of just, you know, stops so we can just 
do cameos and all that. And actually, I guess you can make the argument Flash does do that in the last 10 minutes. But for me, it was such a quick sequence that, you know, I just went with it. Well, let's talk about another superhero, but at a different level. Flaming Hot. Let's talk about Flaming Hot. <laughs> uh, this is the new Hulu original film. It's also on Disney Plus, which is uh, the first, I think one of the first times uh, a movie appeared in both streaming services, Hulu and Disney Plus. This is the Eva Lagoria directorial debut, and this is based on the true story about the guy who invented the Flaming Hot Cheetos. We all got a chance to see this. Uh, Rich, let's start with you. What was your thoughts on Flaming Hot? Uh, I could safely say that I was offended in the first five seconds of the movie. That the, What happened in the first five seconds that so offended you? <laughs> the music? The, did they did like a, a, a box search light kind of thing. I did think you, did like, you want them to edit the N word out? <laughs> like what they did with uh, French Connection? Oh man! I, this you movie wanted to edit the whole movie. <laughs> this this movie puts uh, TV movies to shame. I mean, I'm calling a, a movie a TV movie mm. a shame. It's it's more like a TV movie, like an afternoon special. You know, right, one right. of those traditional afternoon specials. It's just, uh, I mean, it was just. Um, I know it, the story wise, I would have I would have liked to see it a much better done. Of course. I, I I never got attached to the original uh, the to the uh, the actors involved. Yeah. Um. Um. It's it's uh Ava Longoria. She has an eye for, but it's it's TV direction. It's that's that's all it is. I think she has a and, great future in television. I mean, because this is kind of directed like a sitcom or like a a ABC kind of comedy series, which is sad because that that uh, there's a lot of people who like that. And that's the that's the problem. I think people, a lot of people are going to like this film, but it's just um, uh, how's that problem though? <laughs> it, uh, yeah, uh, I I I thought this movie was completely whatever. Um, I didn't I I wasn't offended like like you guys. Um, there's I actually I thought this movie was going to be way more offensive. I thought this movie was going to be way worse than it actually is. And I was actually surprised that Eva Longoria was actually even 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 able to make anything that was this competent. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, I didn't love the movie. It's not really a movie that was made for me either. But I think all the problems I have with the movie probably come down more with the, the actual story, because I imagine this movie was probably based on um, a book yes. that this guy wrote yes, yes, about his life. Yeah. And if it wasn't based off a book, I imagine it was just based off his like motivational speeches that he gives. Mm -hmm. And I, I imagine everything that, everything that bothered me about this movie, everything that pissed me off about this movie is probably stuff that was in his in his book. Yeah. Like, I think from the beginning, the, the first thing that the, the pissed me off the most, like, I was like, are, are you fucking serious? <laughs> was when they um, they show um, a char uh, the character's son mm -hmm. has uh, a hole in his shoe. Sure, yeah. 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 And, yeah. and they just put, they just put, uh, they just chew some gum and put it there. And for me, that was like, that was like this. This is this is disgusting. I, yes. I got I got angry, yeah. but uh, I'm like, and even if you are like pouring that the, to that to that that severely poor, there are you know better substitutes than using gum. Yeah. But what um, what made me just go like, well, this is probably in his speech. This is probably in his book. Yeah. So I just kind of went like, whatever. I think that was just a poor. Uh, at least I hope that was just a poor excuse for a humor shot. 
and it was just just I, so I don't so think it was. I don't think no. it was either. I think this is all a lot of it. A lot of a lot of this stuff was intentional to to portray this character. These 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 real. Well, I mean, there's there's a real life people, but these characters in a kind of the most you know like, asinine ways. Yeah, yeah. I, I think and I think what's the uh, the guy's name? Richard Mon- Montanas. Richard Montanas. Montanas. Yeah. Uh, Montanas. 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 Richard Montanas. So he is a um got some controversy because there you know there was a L.A. Times article about how he may have made up some of the story about him inventing the flaming hot Cheetos. They mm-hmm. do try to address it. They did kind of mention that uh that cheat uh, that Frito Lay, the company he works at, was working on the on the on the some kind of you know hot sauce uh, yeah spicy hot spicy hot kind of uh, ingredient at the same time. But his ingredients were kind of done by real uh, traditional standards, right? And so, I, to be honest, I don't really care about who invented the flaming hot. I don't think that's a. To me, that's not the biggest kind of original idea. I mean, because there have been other, you know, maybe not Frito Frito Lay's or maybe not um, uh, um, Cheetos, mm-hmm. but there have been other kind of uh, um, snacks with with hot salsa on them mm-hmm. so it's not and in, in, in like they said in the, in the in the movie that he was inspired by the olotes and and you know the chili they put on the olotes and and mm-hmm. yeah and, and so that, that's kind of a common thing in, in in latino communities um so i i think the biggest kind of story of the two for richard montanez is that he made frito-lay focus on the latino community and made them kind of think you should target these these group you know these groups of people who are there they have money they want to buy your food why not why what's so bad about them is their money not that good i mean you know you should target them but they yeah. kind of just go over that really yeah. fast in the last 30 you know the last the in the third act and it's done terribly yeah. And it's just kind of really focused on how he invented the flaming hot chila. Like, who cares about that? He, the way he kind of changed the way they look at the the Latino market, I thought was much more of an original idea. But this movie doesn't even care about that. It really yeah. just cares about kind of this gimmick about you know him inventing the flaming hot Cheeto. And I like, who cares? Who cares? I mean, <laughs> you know, this is this movie comes in a, a, along a recent trend of movies about. The making of, of a particular brand, we got yeah. Air, we got Tetris, we got recently BlackBerry, which is a very good movie. But the the criticisms of what Air got for for you know people were saying, well, this mo- Air, which is about the making of the Air Jordan movie or the Air Jordan shoe, um, the the criticism was like, oh, this is a big commercial for Air Jordan, and I'm like, now maybe a little, you could say that. But with flaming hot, boy, this is absolutely one hundred percent a commercial for Frito Lay. Oh yeah, you could tell. I mean, from the from the very, you could tell Pepsi has as its you know hands all over this film. Yeah, especially the warehouse itself. I mean, I never seen so so, so beautiful and clean. <laughs> yeah, I thought. I mean, it, to, to, to this this there's no way in hell that this looks exactly like whatever the the Frito Lay uh you know it um, was yeah it's such a 
it, it basically is produced by Frito Lay. I mean, yeah. there's no there. I mean, even the CEO who or they had to approve it or something. They had to approve it. Right. That, oh, they yeah, went out of their yeah. way to not like even like because uh, 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 Tony Shalhoub plays the CEO of Frito Lay, uh -huh. and he is looked upon as like someone who is <laughs> much smarter than the other executives because he mm -hmm. saw greatness in in this uh, this character the Pepsi challenge. Yeah, he did the press challenge, but no, but he he's the one who he, the reason he's the CEO because he's willing to work with the the, the janitor the, and he sees yes, greatness in this. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, this guy is just just like everyone else. This is a yeah. corporate machine. This is a corporate company. They don't give a shit about the workers in the in the factory, and there is no commentary on this. And this is why I really, really was offensive about it. It wasn't necessarily the kind of cartoon level depiction of a latino community because it is yeah. but it's supposed to be like that because it is a is it is basically a comedy but and but it is kind it's of not a comedy it's like a sitcom yeah sitcom I, I i guess i guess i guess yeah but it th 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 but the, the willingness to just kind of be kissing corporate's ass i found offensive and, it, and, and i think well, it does know, a worse job than air on that aspect Oh, absolutely. I agree with that. But uh, I know you're going to disagree with what I'm about to say, but while the movie I'm about to compare it to, I do think it's a little better than this. Mm -hmm. I don't think this is like, you know, all that much worse than something like the founder, the McDonald's movie. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Um, well, I, you but, guys really love that movie, but try yeah. watching it again now. Because okay. <laughs> like, I, I really do. They also both have that kind of like sitcom style to it i think the founder does a they, better job they both feel like commercials right right, right. No, no 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 but there there was a there's a lot of different situation in the founder but in this in at the end by the end of this movie uh a flaming hot i thought to myself was this guy just a mascot from pepsi in the whole damn time yeah i mean is, yeah. is, 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 is it is it even possible that this whole this whole thing was made up that pepsi was was working on on a spicy project and they and uh, um they did come up with this, and they they just ba basically used him as a Ronald McDonald to sell to the to the um. I mean, to the, to the, to the, the, to the say, Latino, yeah. I mean, to, you could to, you could definitely come up with that kind of assessment because yeah. the movie because he, he, he in the in the movie itself he was still a janitor forever. I mean, right, even, right. even though it became a, a huge success, right, right. And, and also the narration that they use, they use a kind of interesting technique where he is making things up in his mind. Yeah. It, at one point there's dreamlike sequences mm -hmm. like and then he goes well this is what really happened mm -hmm. and i'm like for a movie that already has a shaky you know grounds of, of reality because people are saying that this guy is just a bullshit artist and really he just boosted up his you know his history and his his credit credentials because he's a motivation speaker and it's just much sexier to say i'm the inventor of the flaming hot cheeto now here's my Here's how much I I charge for my speaking, you know, engagements. Yeah, and so this movie doesn't really does a a, a service to him because it really he's at certain points he is a unreliable narrator, a narration. Mm. You know, he does you know he kind of lies in the narration a little bit, and yeah. so I I just, I just don't know how what to put my how I'll put, put my I put I'll put a finger on this because it's just so. I don't know. I don't know if the, it, it, the only thing I could really get out of it is really that this is kind of made to, it's made to make Frito-Lay as a respectable com company or a corporation. 
where even the janitor can get a ex- executive job if you just work hard enough. And I think that is complete bullshit. I mean, I'm not saying that he didn't work hard enough. He didn't work hard and he didn't deserve to get that, you know, position. But it has this kind of dreamlike Horatio Alger story, the rags to riches story, which at this point has become a myth. You know, mm-hmm. people don't believe in that anymore. It's just a kind of like, you know, it's like, it's very much like a pro corporate, you know, like, yeah. oh, you yeah. know, it, it, this gives, this and, gives, and it, it wasn't even like a year ago that Frito Lay was under strike. I mean, they were, yeah. their, their workers were under, yeah, they were, there's a whole, they're a horrible co- company. Yeah. Dur- during, during the pandemic, this is, this is what happened in, in real life. And so during the pandemic, Frito Lay, uh, uh, Frito Lay workers were forced to work uh, longer hours because right. during the pandemic, all people ate was chips. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they had rocket sales. So and and so, workers at the Frito Lay company had to go work over uh, overtime, mm-hmm. and and they were getting sick and they were getting yeah. the COVID and they didn't and in the company didn't give a fuck, and mm-hmm. so they went on strike and they did all their power to fucking bust the strike. And so they're a piece of shit company. And so yeah. for to 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 have a, a a movie that basically kisses his fucking ass and kisses the CEO's ass and you know and really kind of perpetuates this kind of idea that all you got to do is just really work hard and like you know <laughs> like you know you know just what what's you what you guys bitching about? You know, just kind of work twice as hard, three times as hard, you know. And it's this is the kind of the argument that people have about poor people. They're poor because they well, want to be poor. That's what the, a lot of people say. The, I don't I think, think the movie. I don't think the movie's. You know, I, I think you're kind of overblowing it maybe. a little bit. I'm, I just got really I, pissed off about what yeah. this movie yeah, stands no, for. But, yeah. No, because the movie, like, to me, it's a, you know, it's a biopic about this guy's motivational speech. And yeah, it's a motivational yeah. movie. I mean, what what it was always intended to be uh, an adaption of a motivational speech, right? Right. Right. Basically. Right. So I mean, like, what 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 do you expect? It's not. I, I think there's there's. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, like, did you get what I'm saying, right? Like, right. Like it, it's it's a it's a movie based on a speech that might be I think, fake. I that think, might not even be true. <laughs> That's true. What I mean, but I mean, like, what, what like what else were you expecting from this movie? I, just, I mean, like from the trailer, this is kind of what I was expecting from the movie, and it, it I, I thought it could have been worse. And okay, yeah. well, I, look, I'm, I just got angry because I think a lot of people yeah. think that poor people are poor because they don't work hard enough, and I think this movie but kind also, of also, you know, to, to defend this movie a little bit, okay. um, you corporate they scum, do, they do, <laughs> yeah, they do say this guy was working at the company for like over a decade before this happened. Mm-hmm. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah. No, no, no. Like, I, I'm just saying, like, it wasn't like you know right. oh, an over. Well, over let's not forget he was a, he was a gangster first. I mean, there's there was really no alternative. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, look, I I don't I don't want to like discredit his uh, Richard uh, Montanez Montanez, yeah, Richard Montanez's uh, uh, accomplishments because I think he you know he did he worked the system you know he was able to climb up the ranks with very mm-hmm. little. So I don't want to like discredit his 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 ability to to do that, but I think the movie itself makes an argument that poor people are poor because they don't work hard enough, or they're not able to 
use their superpower as they say, you know, <laughs> you know, they're, uh, the, the, uh, you're being Latino is your superpower or something like that. And I, I, again, I, you know, not, not to be the guy again, who I felt that this movie was trying more to say that, like, there's kind of like a system against Hispanics. Mm. Okay. Cause like it, it, it really, it really focused that there's, that there's this cycle of like uh, bullying that will kind of like push you down a bad road. Okay. Okay. And 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 that poverty all kind of plays into that also. And because uh, because you know you you see it happen to kind of generations in the movie. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And uh, I thought I thought that kind of, it was trying to say something with that. I don't know if it necessarily it is. And this is all part of his motivational speech. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, um, I thought that's what it, I thought there was. It was trying to say something there more more than. More than what you're trying to focus on. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, it, 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 it kind of brushes through some of this stuff, and it, it's, it's really. Yeah, I that's true. The, I think the problem is like it's over. It's like heavy-handed when it comes oh, to that, that that stuff. Yeah. It's very simple. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's a sitcom type of style movie. Yeah. And I do got to say, while, while I don't love this movie, I, I, I didn't hate it like you guys. I'd probably mm-hmm. give it like a, a C, uh, like or a C, probably like a five out of ten. Yeah. But, um, uh, but, um. I do think uh, Evelyn Goria did a pretty good job with this movie, and I actually I could see her having a a a, a big future on Disney Plus doing family movies. I was yeah, I think that's a a perfect way to say it because I think she is very comp- competent in directing a a movie like this, and but it really feels like her surprisingly future, yeah I think her but I think the her future is in television. It is maybe sitcom level comedy. And I think well, that, I mean, now, nowadays, if you want to get a movie in, in, in theaters, you got to be doing like an Avengers movie oh, or right, a Transformers. Right. I mean, uh, we're, we were talking about on our box office episode how Wes Anderson movies are probably eventually just going to be streaming, right? I mean, so so I, 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 I don't blame her. I mean, this is, if, this is, if this is what she, if that's what she gets, you know, Disney Plus shows or Disney Plus movies, and that's, that's good enough, right? I know what you're saying. I know. I kind of know what you're saying because I feel like um, a, this type of story, like it could have been told in a way where it was, where it was much more fun and much more. But I feel like they, you know, especially with Eva Longoria directing, they really wanted to go like a family route. You know what I mean? An inspirational, kind of motivational movie that you know the family, specifically Latino families, could probably enjoy together. Mm-hmm. And but I, but I, I do, I do see an, another version of this movie that's more like kind of wacky uh-huh. more kind of um maybe a little more zany uh-huh. uh maybe if it was like you know written and directed by like mike judge or something <laughs> like that but but you know i don't i don't think they ever the movie i don't think they ever wanted the movie to be something like that okay yeah maybe you're right maybe you're right and i i would say this i i think i i could see why people do kind of like this movie because it's not, it's not getting bad reviews it certainly it's not getting this the 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 hate that i'm giving it because it, yeah. <laughs> this movie just rubbed me the wrong way uh, the, the way yeah. it was told and stuff but let me say this because i think in a lot of ways i think you could tell this certain story in a different way and in a yeah. different way uh in a much better way i would say was the recent miniseries that i saw on netflix called arnold which is about arnold schwarzenegger mm. and i thought it was a total first of all i thought i, I heard a, of this it just came out uh, this past week, weekend. It's uh, it's part of his deal with Netflix. He has a new comedy series called Food Bar, and now he has a three uh, a part uh, documentary series that 
just kind of tells his his story. And it's mm-hmm. very much similar to Flaming Hot. So, I mean, here's a guy who's an immigrant who comes to America and he has his big dreams. And the way they tell that story in the documentary is a hundred times better than what they, the way they told it in Flaming Hot. And I think, and I think it's a very similar comparison because Arnold is, has that kind of attitude where he goes, all you have to do is work hard and all that. You know, this is exactly <laughs> what uh, Richard Mon- Montanez is saying. And I, for whatever is, reason. Is Mark Hamill in the documentary? Mark Hamill? No. Yeah. No, 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 no. But uh, they got, I mean, the first, the first part is where he's grown, where he grown up in Austria, his, his, his humble, you know, his humble beginnings. And then the second part is how he kind of conquered Hollywood. And the third part is his political years and his scandal. But I think it was such an honest way of telling the story. And, you know, I didn't was I wasn't offended by it, even though I maybe have different you know political ideology th- that differs from Arnold. I mean, Arnold is basically a centrist, you know, so he's not necessarily offensive. You know, he's not like he's. I I would say he's kind of like a like a middle down the road kind of politics, but he has this kind of you know pull yourself from your bootstraps kind of uh ideology, which I don't necessarily agree with because i think there's bigger issues in that but him himself says in the very last episode of the of the of the the, uh episode which i thought was so right on he says i I don't want to be called a self-made man because i've you know there were so many people in my life that helped me and i think that's more of a the more beautiful way to tell this kind of rags to riches story than say Flaming Hot, where he goes, you know, I don't know, you know, like, I'm a genius and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And, and I guess he does. He didn't, that's, I mean, maybe I'm being well, unfair. My, 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 favorite, my favorite stuff in Flaming Hot, and probably the more biggest reason why I'm, I'm not as harsh on it as you guys, is I really enjoyed the scenes between um, the, the actor playing Richard Montanez and, um, and D- David Haysbert. Is that his name? Yeah. Uh, Dennis, yeah, Dennis Haysbert, Bert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I like, I like their scenes together yeah, a lot. If, the, if that movie was just about those two, I, I think this movie is perfect. I, mean, I would have loved that movie, but this is, you know, you wanted mm-hmm. to see like the the Mike Judge or Jared Hess version of this movie, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. quirky version. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I would say Arnold is the, probably the be- better rags to riches story, and it, it's and he's honest about it. And again, if it it, if it feels a little bit on his side. But he doesn't. What I liked about Arnold Schwarzenegger or or the documentary is that he's absolutely honest about the stuff he did. He's, um, and you know, he regrets some of the bad shit that he happened, and he talks about it. And you know, he doesn't get he doesn't get final cut, which I thought it was you know interesting and and good because it was produced by uh, Alan Hughes, right? Was it Alan Hughes Mm -hmm. or or yeah, one of the Hughes brothers? And and I forgot who's the director. But I, I thought it was a really good uh, uh, miniseries. Rich, what, what, you saw Arnold on Netflix. What was you, mm-hmm. what was your feelings about the documentary? I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was really um, entertaining, and uh, um, I wish they would have focused more on his Hollywood career, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but yeah, um, I, I I wish he would have broke. I mean, since uh, he brought up the uh, infidelity that he had, and uh, which um, ha- which brought up a child 
Um, I wish they would have gone a little more deeper into uh, um, what happened because you know once that once that you know cork has has been opened, you might as well spill everything. Well, and, he, he uh, says in the documentary because I don't want to really talk about it because it opens old wounds. Well, yeah, I'm, that's know? why that's why I'm saying this is this is most most likely like a a Cliff Notes version of mm-hmm. of a of a, of a good novel for, or whatever that mm-hmm. version of his do, uh, of his um. Because like yeah, like throughout the whole documentary, he's 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 going through a picture book, and and it's basically this is this is his uh, biography, his own. Uh, yeah. Um. So so I wouldn't I wouldn't like to feed more of a, a full you know um uh, autobiography, but especially uh, you know the Cliff Notes version. But I I liked it. Uh, the three hours went went by really quick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Raymond, you should check it out. It, it's 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 so it's. The only reason I saw it because I um I heard a review on you, it. You were trying to watch Food Bar and you were like, "I'm so disappointed." I didn't <laughs> watch something else. No, I didn't see Food Bar yet. I heard I heard that that's a piece of crap. Luckily, he has this <laughs> documentary series, which is much better. But I heard a review on it and on our other podcasts. And and the, one of the producers, who's a, a younger guy, they asked him, "What was your thoughts on Arnold?" And he goes, "Actually, I kind of you know he, I guess he's a guy in his maybe twenties or something." And he goes. Really, I only I only know Arnold as a motivational speaker uh, on those vile vile clips because you know he has like a couple vile clips about his motivation speaking stuff, which you know became these big YouTube clips and stuff. And it, I I don't really even know him as an action star, you know. And so the doc he's basically saying the documentary opened his eyes on his career. So there is like a whole generations of people who just don't know Arnold as the action star. They only know him as the kind of the governor or. The, this motivational speaker guy or you know the guy from the scandal like jesus christ yeah it was it, i was really sad when i heard that so he's he is our gen, uh next generations whatever like john wayne yeah exactly yeah they i mean it's just it's like i mean for for in so the 80s in the 80s this guy arnold Schwarzenegger was the biggest star in the world and and i and i, I like to you know when they went through his hollywood career there was a couple of things I didn't really know about, you know, his first movies and stuff like that. And I think or it did some, it. some stuff that I completely forgot, like his heart attack. Oh yeah. Yeah. Later in his, his in his life. I never knew it was that serious too. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I, I really was, uh, I thought it was really well done. Mm-hmm. And I think there's an honesty in that, in, in, in the documentary, which is, is something that I don't find in flaming hot. There's like a lack of honesty. And maybe that's but like I told you. Well, I mean, the whole thing might not even be true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I told you before, this I think this, this all came up to him. I mean, uh, and to Arnold. I mean, in his mind after losing so many, so many uh, close personal uh, relationships in, yeah. in the past couple of years, uh, starting with his mo- his mother and, uh, uh, but all, uh, but mostly um, Franco Colombo, who was basically. Um, his brother, his right hand man, yeah. throughout his whole life, yeah, his best friend, and 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 if you know Franco Colombo, let's just say for, if you're X Men fans, Arnold is Colossus, Franco Colombo was Wolverine. <laughs> I mean, that's what you, you basically look at that. There would that would be the perfect fan casting. For, <laughs> yes. for, yeah, and yeah, it was a very touching moment when he's talking about Colombo, who has passed away, you know, like a couple years ago, and I didn't realize that this guy would. You know, these two were tight, like really tight. They were brothers, mm-hmm. really. And oh, uh, uh, yeah, I, I yeah, there was there's a lot of great things about the movie or about the documentary series that I 
really didn't understood and you know and, and like i said he's the he, it's really just him and his words and he's he's very open about him and the only one that i really wish that though he would show up uh because i knew they are they're they were rivals throughout the whole time was lou ferrigno oh, yeah, i, I know in pumping iron i mean he really shits on him in the, the whole movie and <laughs> yeah uh, he needs to apologize yeah <laughs> and uh i mean and I, I know um they get along you know basically now but um I really wish he would have showed up, but still. Yeah. Maybe uh, Lou wanted to get paid or something. Something, yeah. I mean, they got, they got Sylvester Stallone to show up in a couple interviews, and mm -hmm. Cameron, James Cameron shows up, and, and uh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's... there's. I was really surprised I didn't... Uh, um, um, <laughs> uh, um, Tom Arnold? Tom didn't Arnold didn't show up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe he got cut out. Maybe he talked too much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I totally recommend Arnold, which is now available on Netflix. Flaming Hot, I say you could skip it. Uh, although I think people will enjoy it if they, you know, if you don't care. That I think much. it might even be a huge hit for Hulu and Disney Plus yeah. too. Yeah, which is kind of sad because I mean, w w let's first say that uh, me and Mike are half Mexican, half Peruvian, and Raymond's full Peruvian, and um, and I like to just say for myself that. I like Cool Ranch. God damn it. <laughs> I don't like Flaming Hot. Fuck that shit. I like Flaming Hot. Mm. I don't like Cheetos at all. Well, I, I, I guess mm. I like just re regular Cheetos, but I'm not a big fan. I'd rather just have chips and, di you know, you know, salsa. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. I... And I prefer chili from like New York City. <laughs> I like Takis. Oh, yeah. It's like hotter than hot Cheetos. <laughs> Um, all right. I, I, I guess that's it. We'll end it with there. Um, thank you for listening to Insight Flicks. We'll be back uh, soon, and we'll we'll watch more movies and watch more TV shows to talk about here on Insight Flicks. All right, bye bye, everyone. Have a good day. Is it good hot or bad hot? <laughs> it's good hot.